1: A conversation about Valentine's Day chocolates in Philadelphia from a Philadelphia chocolate historian of sorts.
2: Before it was Shane Confectionery and Shane Candies in 1911, the store had actually gone back to 1863 when there were other confectioners on site, the Dangler and Westcott days. What's popular in chocolate and what's timeless? Chocolate for thousands of years has been consumed traditionally as a beverage. It was ground with honey as a sweetener and the nibs were ground into this sort of mortar and pestle like a cocoa tea
1: this is a podcast about food in and around philadelphia
2: that's a quick delicious flavorful bite it was
1: really hard for me to get into it stories from behind the kitchen this is a wood
2: burning oven from italy it is intense and hear about quirky stuff too eat a pint of ice cream as quickly as you can and then resume the 5k this is
1: what's cooking on kyw I'm Hadas Kuznets with Eric Burley. People know him in Philadelphia as the ice cream man, as the candy man. He is co-founder of Shane Confectionery with his brother Ryan. And we're talking about all the chocolates for Valentine's Day. Now, before we get into the chocolates, the history, you have had to change a lot of things for COVID, right?
2: COVID has really required us to pivot to the more online store model as well as our front doors have become takeout windows only. So customers are coming up to the front door and pre-ordering and buying their chocolates at the holidays.
1: Now, I understand, though, you have a unique situation with your employees because you take the temperature checks. And then the first thing that hits you when you walk in the door is that smell of chocolate. You were just telling me, if you can't smell it,
2: Uh, you can't come in. smell chocolate from you know the moment you walk in the door.
1: So tell me a little bit about how COVID has changed how people shop for Valentine's Day.
2: What you've noticed. So Valentine's Day traditionally was a one-day holiday and that meant largely men who were unorganized and never planned ahead would come on uh, the 13th of February and buy their sweetheart a box of chocolates. However COVID has meant a lot more self-reflection and better planning on the parts of really all people. And so we're selling a lot more online and a lot of pre-orders. I will say too, Valentine's Day isn't just for romantics. It's a it's a holiday of love and care. And we do want to remind people it's it's a it's a way of giving gifts and showing love.
1: One of the things I love about you is that you guys really you're here in the heart of historic Philadelphia and you really love the historical aspect of everything that you create. So, what can you tell us about chocolate from
2: the beginning of Shane? Well, even further back, before it was Shane Confectionery and Shane Candies in 1911, the store had actually gone back to 1863 when there were other confectioners on site making wholesale and retail confections, the Dangler and Westcott days. And essentially, right in the middle of the Civil War, a candy building was being built and expanded. And so we like to keep that tradition going. And we are in the middle of a lot of change in Pennsylvania, America. And there's still demand for comfort foods and foods that remind people of what's good. Chocolate's one of those, and what's interesting about it is it actually helps your circulation system. I'm into our 90% chocolate bar, so less sugar but higher cocoa content, and it's just really good in the morning. It doesn't has some caffeine, but it's it's not quite as much. So I've been learning and figuring out how much chocolate, what kind of chocolate is best for me, and how do I want to use it.
1: What is a chocolate? What they used to drink in the morning. Wasn't that the drink of choice during colonial time?
2: Chocolate for thousands of years has been consumed traditionally as a beverage. It was ground with honey as a sweetener and the nibs were ground into this sort of mortar and pestle like a cocoa tea. And then spices, including vanilla, would have been added like with Montezuma and the Aztecs. They actually, when we opened the Shane confectionery in the back, we added a drinking chocolate cafe to tell some of that yeah history of how chocolate was consumed.
1: And you can't really sell that nowadays with COVID, can you? You could just tell the story.
2: So the experience of drinking chocolate, we've packaged in a couple of ways during COVID. One is called the Hot Chocolate Bomb. Our Hot Chocolate Bomb is titled the Incredi-Bell. The Incredi-Bell is a Liberty Bell shaped three-dimensional bell with marshmallows inside, and then you can hit that with hot milk at home. Or, we just launched in-store a very exclusive quart bottle of hot chocolate ready to serve. It's a returnable glass jar of hot chocolate. You just shake, you heat on the stove and then you, you drink it.
1: It seems like the chocolate bomb is the hot new thing these days.
2: Yeah, we were doing the Incredibles before we even heard of the term hot chocolate bomb. And since that internet sensation, we're just riding that wave. We actually had to buy more molds for keeping up with it. And we're getting corporate and wholesale requests for the Incredibles. And it's a really special Philadelphia treasure. It's made with our bean to house, bean to bar chocolate, and it's really, really delicious.
1: Tell me about the the Shane's recipe book. I know that's a story people are, would be interested in hearing.
2: Actually, the Shane recipe books that we were gifted after the Shane family passed the business along to us very recently, in fact, in the last two years, has a lot of work to be done. It's kind of like there are these archives and hundreds of pages that haven't been delved into, but they're old Encyclopedia Britannica-type books that are filled with leather that's almost like falling apart from the 1920s. And there's treasures there that are just waiting to be discovered. We're looking to grow our chocolate works department. That means eventually being able to make our own panned goods like candied and cocoa-powdered, almonds and peanuts and things that you would buy like a snackable type of confection so we're excited to see what they used to do and then how does that pair with the modern tastes and so these are just pages and pages of old recipes huh there's pages of recipes in addition there's ephemera and there's also a lot of receipts so you can look at sort of where people were buying what from and from whom and for how much and for how much like Uh, We did this with the archivists at the Hershey Company, and we learned what Milton actually, where his first early cocoa beans were coming from, which origins. So when you know the origin of the cocoa bean, you can start to discover what the flavor was like. Because what's amazing about the terroir of cacao is that those flavors are coming from the soil and the topography in those regions. Much like a Bordeaux is going to taste different than a Loire Valley wine, those regions of cacao also are this incredible diversity of flavor so in order to taste the past you can literally read about it.
1: So where did the chocolate in Philadelphia come from and where does it come from today?
2: So we import cocoa beans through some direct trade transparent sources it's called uncommon cacao is one of our sources that does this uh we've got beans that come from Colombia. One of the beans that I was mentioning, a 90% chocolate bar, is from this small region that makes very almost buttery chocolate that doesn't need a lot of sugar to sort of overpower the bitterness. And that's just one origin. We've got Guatemalan beans that have more of a a cocoa-y backdrop, and we have beans that come in actually from we've had Thailand and Vietnam beans. We've worked with beans from Southeast Asia and those have some really interesting fruity notes. Chocolate is not just a flavor. It's really a whole world of flavors.
1: Where does the majority of our chocolate in America come from?
2: The majority of American chocolate typically comes from a couple of small country that produce most of the conventional chocolate that we think of it's like ivory coast west africa because it has such a dominance in the chocolate market the bigger companies they blend their beans to the point where they really have simplified the the flavor profile so most chocolate that we think of has almost like a brownie you think a brownie that's what chocolate is but it's much bigger than just a brownie that would be like saying a red wine is a blackberry well not all red wine tastes like blackberries there's so many different types of red wine it's a similar kind of world that we've just started on pack in the last five years and there's amazing craft chocolate makers out there in the country we love to support and collaborate with cheese people and distillers and wineries and beer makers because really it's a craft movement that's very much about celebrating the terroir and the craft all in one.
1: Now I know that your thing here at Shane and at the Franklin Fountain is throwing it back to the olden days. So What do what has been the most interesting thing to you? I know that one of the things over Franklin Fountain was the prices. You know, the one cent, the one cent Sundays, or whatever, the ten cent Sundays. What has been what's interesting to you here with how things used to be with chocolate, whether it's the price or the flavor or how they made it to how they are today.
2: One thing I think that is often forgotten is truly a respect for the past. The first year that we took over Shane in 2011, that first Valentine's Day, we had a gentleman come in with a three-foot-wide reusable heart box. And he said to me, I'd like this heart box filled for my wife with chocolates. And just the idea of a package being reusable is now cool and hip and fun.
1: Do people do that? That's that's very
2: Well, during COVID, I don't think we're doing that. But however, it's just to say this idea of reduce, reuse, recycle is an old idea that's very fresh and something people in today's world need to be thinking about the packaging. It's not just the integrity of the ingredient, but it's how it's being sold. That makes me think of the old milk bottles. So the return of the glass bottled milk is why we did the hot chocolate in returnable quart jars. In fact... Uh, we've talked about selling ice cream in our metal bowls for the neighborhood so that they can return the metal bowl. And so the world of packaging actually is very exciting to me, especially thinking about the environmental impact of what that means and uh, what else could be done.
1: What's hot and new in chocolate these days? So we mentioned the hot chocolate
2: bomb, the incredible. <laughs> What's new in, in Shane has really been exciting new lines of confections. We've added CBD chocolate and CBD caramels and those are now being connected with a local hemp farm, which is kind of a new venture for the chocolate works as well as the confectionery. CBD is, of course, got to be eaten and consumed at a proper quantity. Even if you overdosed on CBD, it's not going to put you into that uh, out-of-bounds realm. It may just really make you tired and you fall asleep and you wake up and you're fine. I've actually tried it in tea and Chocolate, of course, and um, my wife loves the caramels, so she she's my taste tester.
1: What What are the benefits of having like a CBD infused chocolate or confection?
2: So similar to what cacao has with circulatory aids in in the blood uh, system, CBD basically is a relaxant and it reduces stress and helps you kind of be more relaxed. Not to be confused with THC,
1: which is the psychoactive.
2: Right. That's from a whole other plant as well in in the world of botanicals. It's not from hemp.
1: Got it. So how do you foresee Valentine's Day different this year than any other year? Is it the way people are buying their chocolate?
2: So this year, Valentine's Day actually is probably one of the strongest we've seen Uh, Historically at Shane Largely because It's been so much Online store sales We have a delivery service That we're doing every month From Shane and Franklin Fountain To the western suburbs where we're from, Delaware County. And we're going to next month be doing it here in Philadelphia. How do you foresee
1: coronavirus changing the way we shop for candy and chocolate? People would buy them when they just kind of, they would remember like walking by, oh, let me get some chocolate because I see it in the window.
2: Well, I think coronavirus has really questioned our communities and where we want to be associated with the communities that we shop. Certainly supporting a local brand is is one thing, but a a lot of people are shopping based on their values that they want to be supporting. So we are sh- finding community outside of Philadelphia, not just the Philadelphia market for our confections. Hopefully in the future we'll be able to grow our community both inside Philadelphia and outside. What are some of the most important things that you want people to know about chocolate? I think one of the most important things people should know about chocolate is it's not sinful. There are so many ways to enjoy chocolate as a pleasure that can be part of a balanced lifestyle and diet that is not this thing that you um, only have uh, on occasion, and there are lots of ways to eat chocolate, right? So chocolate can live in so many forms. I mean, we did a a, a chocolate beer collaboration with a local brewery. Um, you can have chocolate and cheese pairings. You can have a cocoa tea at home. You could do a, a hot chocolate bomb after sledding. You could have chocolate as a bonbon in a in a heart box for Valentine's Day. You can have chocolate ice cream. You can have a hot fudge brownie sundae with chocolate ra- raspberry and rocky road ice creams. The world of chocolate can find itself in baking and pastry arts. Chocolate croissants, one of my favorites. Chocolate donuts. I mean, we can go on here, Hadass. But enjoyment in the larger scheme of a healthy, balanced lifestyle. And it brings pleasure and happiness and delight in a time where we all need that. We want to support each other and show our love to each other. And chocolate really does make you feel good.
1: How has chocolate evolved over the past, say, like 100 years? 1921 versus chocolate in Philadelphia, 2021.
2: So chocolate has evolved. I think the number one person who changed that was Milton Hershey. He really changed the game for democratizing chocolate in Pennsylvania and America, where Americans were able to buy a five cent chocolate bar for almost 50 years. And he used Pennsylvania milk for that milk chocolate. So chocolate moved from an Aztec drink of cocoa and sweetened with honey to a milky sweet, almost like a Starbucks-like eating food. Very, very different. Now we're sort of the air takers of that tradition and in Pennsylvania. And what we've done is we've tried to pull back on the sweetness, focus on the specificity of the origin And just highlight the packaging and the brand experience that you get to have at home. Milton Hershey was a personal inspiration. Ryan wrote a book report in middle school about him. I dressed up when I was in fourth grade as Milton Hershey with a caramel cart and very excited about reenacting Milton Hershey as a child. And he had a soda fountain here in Philadelphia in the 1880s that also made in front of people bean-to-bar chocolate bars. And it was amazing, this place. And the legacy that he left was so inspiring for my brother and I to do a soda fountain and then to get into bean-to-bar chocolate and then to think about the ethics behind the sugar and the cocoa and the, the workers that we have. It's an amazing legacy. And I think we don't recognize that when we're in the CVS looking at a payday and we're, we're just sort of thinking that's just candy there's nothing deeper about that and there really is Have you connected with the Hershey family being in your business? We've certainly reached out and we've spent a day with the archivist in their archives leafing over their books just like we have now at Shane's it, And it was, these were happening almost simultaneously the Shane family in the 1920s with their records and Milton really having his corporate books out in Lancaster. Was chocolate always accessible before the Hershey family brought it to the masses? Chocolate would have been maybe more accessible with the Europeans before the Americans because the Europeans had the manufacturing, particularly in Germany, that they figured out the automation and Hershey went to Europe And brought back the scientists and the engineers to build his factory. So the Europeans were a little bit earlier on in the democratization of chocolate and chocolate products than the Americans. But we we all got there. What did chocolate cost 100 years ago, say? Well, chocolate costs have really changed. And just like ice cream, it was really meant for the elite. And there are books about blood and chocolate and money and how they were... Uh, almost like traded like beans. The actual beans were a commerce. They were very expensive. Like gold. Like gold. Chocolate has gold. The democratization and the industrialization of chocolate and the cocoa industry has reduced the price and then expanded the reach of chocolate. So everyone basically has five cents or access to five cents, at least in America, to a chocolate bar or something that tastes somewhat like chocolate, a sweetened chocolate product, I would say. Now it's kind of this post-industrial, post-modern reconnection with actually the, the growing practices, the fine flavor industry of cacao that is more expensive again. So in in some ways we're in the third wave, early stages of the third wave of the chocolate market.
1: So at the first wave was Europe, the second America, and the third is making it accessible to
2: everybody in America. Yeah, I think of the the industry a little bit like the the coffee industry. We we've heard of like third wave coffee and the craft chocolate industry is that third wave like what you
1: guys are doing here at Shane.
2: So the craft movement is why we're not just a candy industry we're part of the craft movement so that's why we're connected to a, a community of beer artisans and whiskey distillers and artisan wine producers and cheese makers we end up feeling part of a larger community of of makers that frankly is just is more fun we have we have more fun in the industry Uh, But we have so much more to learn because we have so much to learn and apply from other industries into what we're already doing, whether it's a business model or how you do sponsorships or promotions that it's never dull. There's never a dull moment unless your chocolate tempers, you're out of temper.
1: Why is chocolate connected to Valentine's Day?
2: I like to think that the connection between a chocolate heart box has everything to do with the connection to the way in which chocolate actually helps the heart and the blood vessels work better. But I also know that a box of chocolates is a good substitute for a, a bouquet of flowers. It, it, it's delightful. And it's timeless. All right.
1: Anything else you want to say about chocolate during Valentine's Day, particularly Valentine's Day 2021?
2: Well, the boxes are flying out of our store at the moment. Please visit us at ShaneCandies.com and uh, come by for a Sunday at the Franklin Fountain any day we're open uh, to serve you. And thanks so much for hanging on with us. Is Franklin Fountain open? Franklin Fountain is open seven days a week. You're scooping? We are scooping ice cream. You can just come to our corner at 116 Market Street. And uh, we'd love to see you, see you and serve you. And Shane's is doing pickup and delivery. Shane's is doing pickups at the window at Shane Confectionery, And deliveries and also mail order. All right. Eric Burley with Shane's in Franklin Fountain. Uh, he's
1: co-founder with his brother, Ryan. Once again, the website is?
2: ShaneCandies.com.
1: Thank you so much, Erin. Thank you. Happy Valentine's Day.
2: And happy Valentine's to you.
1: That's it for this episode of What's Cooking on KYW. You can follow the show and get other delicious tidbits on Instagram at foodinthe215. And follow me on Twitter and Facebook for more news and insights at Kuznets. If you have a food tip or feedback about the show, reach out. And please take a moment to help us by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes. It helps us to keep making the podcast and get it to new listeners. I'm Hadass Kuznets, and that's what's cooking.